Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. Maddie D and I are back at it. We are breaking down the second college football playoff rankings. We look at how last week's Separation Saturday, as Matty D is calling it, affected the newest one, two, three, four of Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan. We also look at this weekend's slate and how it may affect the playoff going forward. We also look at the NFL Week 10. I cannot believe we are in double digits in the 2018 season for the NFL, but we're looking at it. We're looking at the major storylines, including Dez to the Saints, the Eagles coming back into action, and quite possibly the biggest garbage game ever, or at least that Maddie D and I can remember. But as always, make sure that you go like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Again, search the bullpen cart on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is where you need to follow Thunderbox Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like our website, thunderblogsports.com, where you can find all of our great blogs, including my Fun V Tailgate blog and Matt's Cold Hard Locks, our NFL picks against the spread. But enjoy this week's episode, guys. It was a ton of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think in the comments. Here we go. And we are live! Welcome to this week's edition of the Fun V Tailgate, presented by Thunderblogsports.com, a part of the Bullpen Cart podcast feed. I, of course, am Jordy Cannell, the G-Man. With me, as always, is my man, Matty D! What's up, buddy? By the way, college basketball kicked off last night. I know this is a football podcast, but I just got to let you know things are back in swing. And I actually oh, think yeah. it's apropos to bring this up because what we saw was a Duke program with three top-level recruits. And it reminded me that Coach K is attempting to become the Nick Saban of college basketball. Ooh. He retools and reloads. He has taken over John Calipari as the king of the one-and-done freshman, and he's got three this year that look amazing. So if you get the opportunity early in the season, tune in to a Duke game, watch R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson. These guys are next level. We're talking maybe one, two, three picks in the draft. Like, yeah, that's what that uh, ESPN projecting right now. I saw that. Right. Yeah. See, I think it was either on first take or they were jumping on get up because I thought I saw Mike Greenberg in there, but Jalen Rose goes – Zion Williamson wouldn't start in the Fab Five, and Stephen A. looked like he'd seen his kid get shot. That yeah, that, what? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Like there were a lot of good players in that Fab Five team, but William. I mean, other than Weber, I might say Williamson starting over anybody else. Um, yeah. I mean, I want, I want to forget Cam Reddish is the other guy. These guys look like the like the true package. They're going to be a force, um, and they're only freshmen. Yeah, I watched a little bit of them. I watched Kansas, too, and I promise we'll get to the college football soon, but since we're on the topic, I watched the Kansas-Michigan State game. Michigan State, for one, for being a top-10 team in the preseason rankings, got dummied by a Kansas team that looks legit. 
Yeah. Oh, they're good too. And they've got a good mix. They've got inside, outside. They've got youth. Um, this is a team that went pretty far last year. They're going to be right back in it this year. I, I, they're a really good program as well. They remind me a little bit of, um, of well, I mean, we'll see what happens. I was going to say they might remind me a little bit of a Clemson football program. They're a little bit uh, because of Duke's flashiness Ooh. and dominance. Ooh. All right. Forgetting just how good Kansas is. Just like Alabama's flashiness and dominance have people forgetting just how good Clemson is in football. thought I'd give you a little bit of a segue there. If you I will. like that. And I'm going to ruin your segue because it just popped into my head. And I wanted to give our guy a shout-out. Joel Embiid was there. And originally I thought it was just because, oh, he's a big fan of the program. They have an off day. He has the money to do it. But I forgot the Sixers are playing the Pacers tonight, Wednesday night, when we're recording this. So he just happened to be there anyway. And, oh, the alma mater is playing. Um, one last college basketball note. Lehigh, big win, man. Big oh, win I like it. I love it. I love it. And speaking of oh, Lehigh, man. Lehigh alum – CJ McCollum dropped 40 last night as yeah, the Blazers off. beat the Bucks. So big, big, big move for there for our boy. Um, great work. Yes. But this is a football podcast. It and is indeed. And this is this is the kind of football podcast you want after the weekend that we just had. Separation Saturday, as a lot of people were calling it, Jordy. And quite frankly, people it were separate. Yeah, it, it was, was yeah. Oh my God. Um I think we should just jump right to the biggest game of the weekend, one versus three, because it's pretty quick to get it out of the way here, I think. That's that's the way I look at it, at least, unless you feel real differently on it. No, I would agree with that. I mean, I mean at in, in comes Tua, dinged up Tua, by the way. Jalen Hurts probably not available to play either. Uh, I believe the backup, the third stringer is a guy named Matt Jones, I think. That sounds um, right. Yeah. You're thinking, okay, if this was, an, if there was an opportunity for Alabama to lose a football game, they haven't really played anybody before this. You got LSU coming off a, a high with a huge win. I mean, think about it. We talk about this. Alabama, their best opponent before LSU was Texas A&M. So they really hadn't been tested by an elite level program, and they made LSU look absolutely silly. Yeah, I, they... I, 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 I <laughs> Go on. You hear a lot that just stopped the season today. You could do that with this Alabama team, and I don't think anybody would would be that upset, except for maybe Clemson yeah. and Jim Harbaugh, because Jim Harbaugh's that, that crazy. And we'll get to him in a minute, but I mean Alabama, Nat, they were yeah. Oh well, my god, they dismantled them. Well, you come into an you come into an opposing you come into an opposing arena. I mean, this Death Valley is one of the most difficult, and particularly at night, difficult places to play in the country. This is a fired-up LSU program coming off a couple big wins, which, by the way, I think definitely didn't help them a ton. Um, when you play, you know, they go, they go, they went Florida, which they lost to Georgia, Mississippi State, and now Alabama. That's a brutal stretch, which is why they're still seventh. And I respect where they ended up in the rankings. I liked that a lot by the committee to say, look, we know they got blown out by Alabama, but we also understand how difficult this stretch has been. We still think they're the seventh best team in the nation. Um, but, but what I wanted to, to touch on here, Alabama, like, Tua throws an interception. They can't kick. They're only up six points after the first half. Um, and this has been a team where we only really talked about their offense because of how good he is. We forgot about what has made Alabama a dynasty and that ridiculous defense they've got pulling right now. Um, and a bunch of NFL players sitting on that roster. They were incredible in this game, 
was it 12 yards rushing for LSU? Is that what the stat is, I think? Yeah, I think so. Their offense was non-existent. Non-existent. They couldn't do anything against oh, against an elite, an elite um, Alabama defense. Uh, Quinnen Williams is their big time. He's like a nose tackle, but he's undersized. Two and a half sacks, 10 tackles. Um, they just roll out, as we always expect, roll out five-star prospects across the board. And um, let me see. 12 yards rushing. Now, by the way, there's Joe Burrow had negative seven yards because they do that stupid thing where sacks counts as negative yardage, which I think is so dumb. Yep. Uh, but only 184 yards passing. Uh, QBR of 17.7 for Burrow. It was clear, though, that LSU is a great team. They're not a complete team. Their defense has led them. But in this case, Greedy Williams and the boys couldn't get it done. I, I really thought we talked about this. I really thought Devin White was going to be a huge absence for them, but it just didn't matter. It just didn't matter at all. Um, they got smoked. Yeah. I mean, nothing else to it. Yeah. And and now basically Alabama, they, they have Mississippi State, but they cruise into a Georgia matchup, um, which I'm sure now Georgia's going, wait, really? Really? Um, anyway, I just wanted to get them out of the way. That's our Alabama segment. Um <laughs> They're the best team in the nation. They've got every single first place vote as they deserve. Although in the coaches poll, somebody is still voting Clemson number one. Which the Dabo voting for himself? I I would assume, or maybe it's Gus Malzahn yeah. <laughs> voting against Alabama. Right? <laughs> I just think that's a little disrespectful. Um, but anyway, I digress. Let's. If I mean, anything else? Did I miss anything there? You wanted to touch on? I just think it's such such a dominant performance. Like, what else are we going to talk about? No, I mean, that's pretty much it about that matchup. We'll talk about their ranking and sort of the the future outlook once we get once we kind of start to pick apart the, the CFP rankings. But let's go through a couple of the other matchups. As you mentioned, separation Saturday. Um, just got to give them a shout out because it was an absolute shellacking of a Louisville team that we thought was going to be a lot more influential. But Clemson completely shit kicked the Cardinals. 77, 77 bomb, dude. Oh, my I God. Mean, Yeah, I'm with you there. Not really that that's going to make any impact in terms of whether or not, even the odds of them getting over, getting over the Alabama hump, but definitely worth mentioning there. But the other college football playoff team that was in action this weekend was Notre Dame and and shout out to you for calling Northwestern the tough out that they were. This game was tied seven, seven at halftime and a, Sharp second half from Ian Book really was the difference maker, but they only won by 10 points. So yeah. now we got to look and see, you know, I, it's another win. So good on you. But now Northwestern's five and four. That affects a little bit of the Big Ten West. What are we supposed to think about this win, Matt? Well, I mean, I mean, you're going to have every team, maybe except Alabama, it, you know, Clemson did it with Syracuse. Notre Dame did it here. Michigan did it with Northwestern. You know, same team. There's going to be a close game if you're, you know, that you have to beat, you have to battle through. And Notre Dame did it. I'm trying to poke holes in them, but I can't because they, they, they won. I mean, they went out there and they won. Now they've had a couple close games though this year. So Northwestern's a quality opponent, but between Northwestern and Pitt. Um, they struggled against Vanderbilt. Ball State was a tight game, 24 to 16. Um, this basically means that a win like this, they aren't, they, what they're saying to the committee is hey, the committee is basically like 
going to say, look, you guys have to win out. If they lose a game, they are out. Now, by the way, if you had told me at the beginning of the season that their best win, other than Michigan, may come in two weeks if they can beat Syracuse, who's now up to 13th in the college football rankings, with, with, uh, with two losses, one being to Clemson, which is not a bad loss, obviously, in one of the tightest games. No, no, I know no Trevor Lawrence. But anyway, um, by the way, if Syracuse hadn't lost to Pitt the week after Clemson, they'd be like a top 10 program right now. I know, right? All right? That's going to be a huge test for the Irish. And it, so, once again, they went out, they're in, but I think close wins like this show that if it comes down to it, the committee, if they, if they slip up and lose a game, they're out. Um, yeah. But I still think they are locked in at number three, and I think no one can unseat them that's behind them. So Michigan winning out, Georgia winning out, Oklahoma winning out, um, Washington State, West Virginia, Ohio State, none of them can jump Notre Dame. It's, so okay. unless they lose, there's one spot left. By the way, well, we'll, we'll talk about seeding. I don't want to jump ahead. So that's what I think this win means. Another close win against a quality opponent, but not a high-ranked opponent. It's not a L- victory over LSU. So it, it means that they have to win out to be in the college football playoff. Which yeah. They're not in a conference, and they don't have a conference championship game. So they should have to win out to be in the college football playoff. Sure. I would argue, too, the same thing of West Virginia, who had a nice little win this weekend. Um and another fantastic use of the Titanic music. I know I'm jumping a little bit down, but it was against a top 25 opponent. Uh, coming back with their two-point conversion, uh, if you haven't seen that video, look up the Will Greer two-pointer with Titanic music. Fantastic. Uh, West Virginia just squeaks by the Longhorns, who looked like they were going to pull the upset train and derail a West Virginia season that now, if West Virginia wins and you have a couple slip-ups, they went out, I should say, and take their the Big Twelve. Presumably, they would take out Oklahoma twice. They take out. They've just taken out Texas, but they would only have played twelve games, including their conference championship game. So, first, Matt, what does this win, if it being close, is it the same thing as Notre Dame, and further as a, as a second step. What should we think about the Mountaineers as they continue to be a one-loss team? Yeah, I don't think – I don't – so I think the only two teams – almost th- – I think there are three teams currently that are not one, two, and three that control their own destiny. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about it. I'll give them to you now. We'll talk about Michigan, Georgia, Ohio State. Oklahoma – Washington State and West Virginia are the other, to me, legitimate teams with an opportunity to make the college football playoff at this time. Legitimate. I don't think anybody else, nothing against UCF. They're not moving anywhere. So if I take a look at really, I mean, West Virginia has to beat Oklahoma twice, it's going to look like, Mm -hmm. which I think is a tall task. Um, Even if they win twice, if Michigan or Georgia or Ohio State win out, they'll be in the playoff over West Virginia. Exactly. <clears throat> now, and I, hmm. now I told you that though, and now I. So I think Michigan and Georgia definitely they went out there in the playoff over West Virginia. Yep. The one thing though you could take if if West Virginia beats Oklahoma twice, and Ohio State, and so their losses to a good Iowa State team, yep. and Ohio State got shellacked by Purdue. That's gonna so. You say 
and Ohio State wins out is what you're saying? Let's say Ohio State wins out and West Virginia wins out. So Ohio State would have what well, we thought it was going to be a good win. They want, they beat TCU, but TCU's turned out to be terrible. So they're, they're going to have a great win against Penn State, and they're going to have a great win against Michigan. I know Michigan State's ranked, but those are their two best wins. And they lost 49-20 to 20 to Purdue. And possibly West- the last taste that we get is them beating Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship game. Right. We talked about. Right. West Virginia will have beaten Texas Tech, Texas, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma twice. And their loss – not a great loss on the road, but at Iowa State. So, and, and I think the big thing for me there is, we're, so now we're pulling hairs, but like you just said, Jordy, Ohio State plays Northwestern or a diluted Wisconsin team, maybe Iowa, I mean, whoever. While West Virginia beats Oklahoma twice, ooh, maybe I'm going to retract my statement. The only two teams that control their destiny are Michigan and Georgia. Yeah, one of they, they went out. They're in. Everybody else, a lot and a lot of chaos mm-hmm. for really anybody below Oklahoma to have well, a legitimate yeah. shot at the playoff. But in once my again, opinion. yeah. No, once again, West Virginia and Oklahoma control their destiny to be five. And that's what. But by the way, here's the other wrench in all this. Where I, we're getting into seating because we can't help ourselves. Georgia beats Alabama in a tight match. Does Alabama fall to five? Exactly. Gonna, I was getting that was the question I was going to ask right. you. Or Have we gotten into Bama's locked in, assuming they ride it out, which mo- more likely than not they're going to, right. to the championship game undefeated? Have we gotten to the point that Bama has clinched a playoff spot that they could lose to Georgia? They could lose. They could lose by two touchdowns, yeah. I think, and still get well, into assume the Well, assume Clemson and Notre Dame win out. Let, yeah. let, let's do the scenario. Notre so Dame winning out is the big is the Big because right. Notre Dame loses and the Big Twelve is right back in it, and even yep. the Pac twelve is sniffing. So let's but let's assume Clemson and Notre Dame win. So they're one and two. I got two playoff spots open. So Georgia beats Alabama, they jump up somewhere in the top three. Now I've got one spot. I'm looking at Michigan. Let's assume Michigan and Oklahoma win out. Let's no Michigan and Oklahoma. So if Michigan wins out, I don't even as good as Alabama's been, I don't think Michigan gets I don't think Alabama gets in over Michigan because Michigan's losses to Notre Dame and they won their conference championship. Mm-hmm. Then you match up Alabama. Ver- now this is assuming Michigan wins out. Michigan loses. Alabama jumps Ohio state in my opinion, because they'll have a better loss. If, if Georgia, if Oklahoma becomes interesting, because they lost to Texas in a rivalry game. That's, you know, that's their loss. They're going to have to have beaten West Virginia probably twice. You match their, their resume up with Alabama, and they might have a better resume, but I still think Alabama gets in over Oklahoma. Yeah, I would think so that too. Might, I mean, that might be a Big Ten bias coming out of me there because Michigan Big Ten, I think the but I so I still think Alabama could lose and still get in, but it's going to be tougher though. I don't think it's easy in that case. Mm-hmm. I just think a season like this where Notre Dame is finally making an impact like Notre Dame fans have always wanted to. <laughs> I think that it's going to make the committee really think about the four teams and the system that it has there. Cause if Brian Kelly, I mean, he did this five years ago with Notre or six years ago, shit with Notre Dame. And, you know, he's had up and down season since then, but if he has year after year, really last year, they were in the conversation until right around this time 
where they're in the conversation and sure they have to go undefeated because they don't have an, they don't have a conference championship game. But I think you're starting to get into the point where the PAC 12 is starting to feel, all right, we're getting, we're really getting the shaft here. The big 12 is, is going to be at the point where they might get left out again. The big 10 got left out last year. And if they get left out again, you have to wonder, would they, when will we start hearing grumblings of expansion? And I think this is a type of season where even though the fact that we have three undefeated teams in the playoff at the moment, a fourth in UCF, but that doesn't really matter. And then a bunch of one loss teams that you could make all these different arguments for. I just think that we have to get to that point where we start hearing expansion, at least in some sort of talks. Yeah. Okay. I get you there. That makes sense. Um, it's just tough because like I said, I don't want to dilute how great these playoff teams, but you know what I mean? Like, you know, the. I guess it makes a lot of sense. Like six teams to me makes a ton of sense this year. Like right now, season ends, Georgia, Michigan, and Oklahoma get in. And then, the, you know, they, they do some kind of playoff from there. Alabama, Clemson get a bye or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm a 16 guy. I'm not an 18 guy because I don't believe LS, I don't believe Washington State or LSU, to me, deserves to be in the college football playoff. I know LSU's played that tough schedule. I get that. But. I know that's the only hard part is like how far do you go? Um, and also, by the way, the other concern is we're seeing this trend in college football of players leaving early. Imagine yep. telling a player, I don't know. So not so if you're on a great team, not only do you have to play two more games, so two playoff if you win and then the championship game. Now you got to play three. You know, you got to play a first playoff game, a second playoff game, so quarterfinal, semifinal, final. I know we like that as fans. But I think the health of players has to be brought in here. We're adding more and more games. So part of me thinks that might also factor into play at some point. Okay. Yeah, that's a fair enough argument. Um, but but I'm with you. I mean, six to me makes more sense. So I'm more on the six train. Um, yeah, I, I'd be fine yeah. with at least expanding to six because then we get – I get there – and there's the Phil Steele argument of there was all these different times of you, you – go back in it where they're really that many four or five arguments. And if we expand it six, is there, they're going to be that many six, seven arguments. Is there going to be right. that many eight, nine, so on and so forth. Yeah. There's always going to be that. There's always going to be the right. Basketball. Exactly. Like, I mean, should, should Washington state be in over West Virginia? What about Ohio state? Kentucky's has great exactly. losses. UCF's undefeated. Like, wait, what's happening? So yeah, you're going to, even with eight teams, you're still arguing eight, no, seven, eight, nine, and 10, uh, even 11 and 12 have a good argument to be eight. So there's always going to be an argument unless you let everybody in. <laughs> yeah. But you could do that too. You could say play an eight game season. You're only playing your conference. And then we're going to randomly decide it like we do for the bulls. Yeah. I mean, not a crazy but, idea. I mean, Hey, it's kind of fun. <laughs> just do it once, one, maybe one time just to try it. But um, other big wins this past weekend. Well, first of all, I, I actually tuned in a UCF temple game on, th- on Thursday. Yes. On Thursday night. 52 to 40. Temple looked like they were going to control this game, by the way, yeah. early. They were and up at UCF half. roared back. Yeah. Second half um, roaring. But I think this is where UCF runs into a problem. The committee takes a look and goes, yeah, you're undefeated. Temple's a, a pretty – they're five and four, but they're a quality opponent. Yep. Um, except you gave it 40 points to Temple at home. So that's a problem right there. Um, the defense is so bad. Now, it looks like they play Navy, they play Cincy, they play USF, although Cincy and South Florida are now not ranked anymore, which hurts them. They no longer have a ranked opponent on their schedule. Um, but I, 
Yeah, I just thought that well, from what I saw from the defense, though, I, it's a great story. But I also, to be honest with you, I think it's absolutely cheesy, and I think it's stupid that they have in their stadium 2017 national champions. It is really dumb. It's I'm a sorry. I, know, it's a I, don't, I don't want to just make that season, but the fact that, like that they really think that they should should be that, and like I get it. Like you're undefeated. There's that's the point of the playoff system because you could have said it about you know all those different Boise State. Hawaii teams that they didn't deserve because they weren't top two, but I don't know. I mean, you didn't get in, just get over it. It's my, right. my I'm point. with you there. And like, you know what? I think they yeah. should have had an opportunity. So, and which is why I think six is a good number. Cause you can then just throw them in as a six seed, let them play whomever in the, in an opening round game. But yeah, you didn't get in. You got to get over it. No, absolutely. I agree there. Um, but that was lame. Other uh, well, first of all, hot minute for Virginia there when they snuck into the, the rankings at 25, um, 25 yeah. they dropped to Pitt. Pitt might be playing Clemson in in the game and the um, Pitt's four and one. one. I, I know in, in conference. I know, I know. It doesn't make any sense because one. Well, here's the thing though. One week they look like world beaters, beaters battling you know Clemson and battling um, uh, Notre Dame. Duke was going to be there. Was going to yeah. be the Coastal champion. Really? Right, but I mean. Pitt, Pitt goes from getting smoked by opponents to playing really good opponents really tight. Um, you know, so it's just a weird season for them. Um, we talked about – we put in that team – well, how about Oklahoma-Texas Tech? Oh, what yeah. a game that What was. a roller coaster. Similar to two years ago when um, – when, by the way, when Patrick Mahomes threw – he threw it 88 times in a football – that's like a stupid number. 88 – I can't even fathom that's how more many... than more than probably the Oklahoma basketball team. Shoots. I mean, honestly, you can you can you can triple somebody's attempts and and not get to eighty eight. I played at fifty two of them. I mean, what that that mean? Well, this is my this has always been my problem with with the Big Twelve and Oklahoma in particular. Um, it, it, you want to crown the best team in college football, but they they just don't have any defense at all. I, and it's hard for me to say, oh, yeah, Oklahoma should be in the top four. When you look at the top four teams right now, Alabama, forget the offenses. Alabama has a defense. Clemson has a defense. Notre Dame, underrated defense. Michigan obviously has a defense. Georgia has a defense. Like, Oklahoma just doesn't have a defense, and that bugs me. For I just, like, I can't bring myself to think a team with no defense should be in the college football playoff. I don't know. I just I want I miss the balance um, that used to be had. Um, you know, short, like let's see, like think of Georgia. The, the most points they've given up in a game this year is is six seventeen points. I'm sorry, I hit it back. They give twenty nine points to Missouri at Missouri. That's their Ooh. worst outing of the season. Um, Oklahoma gives up twenty nine points in a quarter. So I understand that 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 offense is sexy, but I I. I just, I just think that's a lot of points to give up and be considered yeah. a, a top team. I know, yeah, I, know no, I agree good, with you there. I know how good Texas Tech's offense is, but it's just like, really, like you figure it out, kind of thing. Well, you you get into some real splitting hairs territory with a lot of this. Like, Oklahoma, Texas Tech has let up two hundred and seventy six points. To put that in in perspective, Matt, for let's just look at the ACC, a conference that. We've been saying, you know, if Clemson loses, does the ACC even get in? Pitts let up 276 as a division leader, and they are the fifth highest tied with Florida State, who stinks. Wake Forest, 
Louisville, and North Carolina have all let up more points. Everyone else has let up less than that. And they are, you know, they're still, we're getting close to double digits here in terms of where they rank. Texas Tech is in sixth place in a conference, having let up that many points. Texas has let up 241, which is which is more than Boston College, Clemson, almost Syracuse, more than NC State, more than Virginia, who's let up only two or 173. Good for them. More than Virginia Tech, who got spanked by Notre Dame earlier this year. Almost more than Georgia Tech, who has 349 on the board. Good for you, Georgia Tech. Dukes don't let up less than less than 200. Miami's let up less than 200. I mean, the point being, and I'm agreeing with you 100%, the no defense league is absurd. It, it is pretty ridiculous. And I think that's something that really sticks out about both West Virginia, who's let up less than 200 points at 178, and with Iowa State. And it, granted, West Virginia's played one less game, so we don't know where they would have been. I don't think they let up. 73 points and are then tied with Oklahoma in terms of points allowed. But still, I mean, it, it's something to have said there. And it's something that really does make you wonder what would have happened if they played NC state. I forget what week that was at the hurt that the hurricane uh, canceled it, but it makes you wonder there, but it is ridiculous. You have more than Texas tech. You have Baylor 300. You have Kansas and Kansas state near 250. I mean, it's, it's absurd, Matt. And Oklahoma's at two fifty one. Like, right, right, it's yeah. Ridiculous. And I, you know, and I, and I once again, I mean, you know, we talked about the we, we over the years the spread offense changing football, but the spread offense has has grown a different group of defenders. You know, there's yeah. no longer that traditional big stout Brian Urlacher middle linebacker. Right no. now, you're looking at these young, fast, speedy guys who cover sideline to sideline, safeties who can do everything, um, dynamic. So the defenses have begun to change. And by the way, the, 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 the still the best defensive formula is to have a four-man rush get to the passer. So at the end of the day, I don't care how new school everything gets. You have four, you know, four great pass rushers up front. You can stop any offense. And we've seen, off, we've seen these spread offenses get stopped when they go to play other teams, like out of conference. We see less success. Um, I just think it's hard if you're the Big 12 – your games are great for highlight reels, but I just think the lack of a defense is – it just makes me not want to put them up there um, with with the high-level teams. But they still won. It was still a wild game. Um, another one, by the way, let's talk about the opposite. So we go from 51 to 46. How about Washington State pulling it out 19-13 over upstart Cal? Um, yeah. What a weird score and a weird game um, in this case. Yeah, it's one of those games that, that kind of comes under the radar because of, I believe it was another 10-30 game. But, you know, I mean, that's what you kind of thought you might see in yeah. a wacky year in the Pac-12 of – Well, right. I mean, I mean, and just as uh, – because we're going to talk about the wacky year, I'll let you continue. But Arizona State beats Utah. Yeah, which exactly. Means, which means UCLA, of all teams, could still get in if they win – if they do some right things, could be in the Pac-12 title game. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Excuse me? Um, not good football from the Pac-12. Well, they're really just the parody 12. I've heard that nickname used a couple times. Yep. Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's uh I mean good for Washington State. They're still a one loss team. They still have a remote shot at this, but I think kind of reiterate the point you made that they still have they have a lot of help that needs to be had in order for them to actually you know, have a shot at making this thing. You need to see Notre Dame lose. You need Michigan to lose. 
you probably would need Ohio State to have some sort of loss in there leading up to the Michigan game. Or right. Michigan loses but still beats Ohio State. Um, you need is, you need Oklahoma to lose to West Virginia and then West Virginia to lose to Oklahoma in the rematch. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you need a lot of help there. I'd, I'd even argue you might need uh, – I guess LSU's kind of done at this point. Because they won't get a they won't get a thirteenth game to give somebody to give someone a real shot at you know another another last look for the committee. But I don't know. It's uh, I, th- I feel like they'd need to have some sort of Ohio State smacking of Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game in the very first year of the college football playoff for them to really have a shot at getting in for uh, right. You know, really impressing the committee there. But again, you need to have a lot to happen in that case. No, yeah, I'm with you there. Um, a couple other big games. You know, good for Auburn, by the way. They beat Texas A, ranked Texas A and M late. Um, I found the college football preview issue for Sports Illustrated, and in that issue, they had a uh, top 15 picks of the draft. But like, hey, do the draft prospects. Jarrett Jarrett Stidham was a top 15, the only quarterback on the list, top 15, first round quarterback. He's played his way out of the, almost being drafted at this point. Um, so good for them to get away. This is a team that had such high expectations after the Washington win week one. Um, mm-hmm. They're six and three. Gus Malzahn appears to probably be a little safe for now, although they don't have necessarily the easiest schedule to end their year. We know they play Alabama um, and they play Georgia this week. So two more losses look pretty likely, making them a seven and five um, Auburn team, which is not what this team was looking for. And obviously the loss to Particular loss to Tennessee is just just a brutal loss for this team to take. But um, good for them to get a win. Um, and then the other game that I thought was was some inch. I know we're gonna get some rank games, but Missouri just brutalized number eleven Florida, yes. thirty eight to seventeen. Drew Locke looked the part. Florida does what they normally do: great defense, no offense. Um, and yes, in the swap go- too, which I think is huge. Right, but here's what I don't get. They were they were ranked eleventh or twelfth, and they're only down to fifteenth. And some teams like like I know that Missouri is so Penn State drops same amount of losses. I know they don't have the same quality wins, but they drop way down after getting beat badly, but beat by a highly ranked Michigan team. And then Florida only drops a couple spots, losing at home to Missouri. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, we're not talking about a team that's making a playoff, but I thought that was a little disrespectful to some teams behind them, such as a Boston College, um, Penn State, even Texas. You know, Texas has the bad Maryland loss, but they've also lost. They've also some good opponents. So once again, I, I um, that was a little weird that they lost by so much and didn't fall a lot. But once again, not there's a lot of really great teams nipping at their heels behind them. Um, a lot of three loss teams, you know, fifteen and below. Yeah, it's uh. I mean, it's good. It's good that they, the committee actually looks at quality wins and where where these teams stand, you know, stand in the the rankings with everything um, to keep them in there. I mean, they're like you said, there are a lot of three loss teams hanging around in the college football playoff rankings, um, and we'll probably see more as the season goes on because I yeah. we'll probably see BC plays Clemson this weekend. You'll probably see them fall a little bit. NC State. I mean, if they can hold on to two at their two loss pace, mm-hmm. who knows where they'll end up? But um, yeah, I mean, oh, wait, wait, I want, the committee. well, we haven't know? we haven't jumped over to the Big Ten yet. Before we get there, I want to touch on one other game. I, I saw this coming: Georgia going into Lexington and just and just 
bludgeon like just it's like a watching a, a sledgehammer hit that Kentucky defense. Um, DeAndre yes. Swift. Yeah, that's Holy a good field. point. We forgot to mention that. Yeah, I mean this this was a game where Kentucky they're they still should be really proud. This is a great still this program is going in the right direction. Didn't fall that far. Um, knocks them out of any outside chance they had at going. So, so it locks Georgia into the into the championship game. Knocks them out of contention of going to the playoff, which they probably had a little bit of a shot for. Um, but yeah, I mean Georgia looked like they woke up a little bit after yes. that, that that beat down by four by uh, LSU, which is good for Georgia, dangerous for Alabama. Yeah, I would think so. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean. It'd be nice to see Alabama have some game that's a close struggle. I'll put it that way. Before the playoff, even before a championship game, even. But you want to move over to the Big Ten before we look at this upcoming week in the in the rankings? Oh, absolutely. I definitely wanted to touch there. Let's start with the non-ranked game that was way closer than expected. Um, that's that was um, Ohio State versus Nebraska. Nebraska yes. finding a little bit of life, by the way. Only a thirty-six. 31 win for Ohio State um, in a tight, contested game. Scott Cross getting that program up and running there, though, in Nebraska. Yes. Yeah, I mean, definitely a, a sign in the positive direction. They were up 21-16 at halftime. Really just a, a good fourth quarter or third quarter, really, from Ohio State that was the difference makers. Nebraska actually outscored them in the fourth to make it a five-point game. You and I both had a very close eye on that when we were out at the Thunder Cup. But, yeah, I mean, if you're Ohio State, keeps your hopes alive for the college football playoff. And certainly, I mean, if you're a Big Ten fan, you know, you might not be the biggest Ohio State fan, but uh, definitely helps, at least with on the the front load of the Big Ten, it helps out with that, especially because the Big Ten West is, like we mentioned before, the team they're going to send out for the Big Ten championship. It might be a bit of a dud, so you want to have, you want to have that Michigan Ohio State game mean something, and then be both teams be as highly ranked as possible by the time that goes in, because it'll say a lot more, especially because there's less time for either team, regardless of who wins, Michigan Ohio State, to free fall in the rankings. Right, absolutely. Um, but obviously, the big game of the weekend was Michigan versus Penn State. Michigan goes to end their gauntlet of really tough games in a row, and they did so in style against a rival who definitely had upset on their mind, if you will. Um, yes. I think this proved to me that Michigan is ready. This wasn't a tightly contested game. I know it was at home, but Penn State is a really good football team. And Michigan said, just like they did against Michigan State, like we have the we have a top three defense to me. They have a top three defense in the country. Um, definitely top five. I would consider that the same level as Alabama and Clemson. Uh, you, know, you could push Georgia up there in the defensive rankings, but his defense is more than for real. They've got stars. They've also just got some really good, sturdy players defensively. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought this was going to be a close game, and it just wasn't from start to finish. Dominated no. by Michigan. Um, as they – Look now to just tune up a couple games. Rutgers, Indiana before the big one at the Horseshoe. Um, but, yeah, what are, I mean, we talked after week one, my friend. I was, like, so down on Shea Patterson and this team after that week one loss to Notre Dame. 
they've turned my opinion around pretty damn quickly. Oh, yeah. They have, yeah. yeah, Shea Patterson especially has looked incredible. But, I mean, that defense, man, is going to be their bread and butter. It's going to be the key if they make the college football playoff to change the Big Ten's reputation in yeah. the college football playoff. I mean, every single Big Ten team except for that Ohio State team that won the national championship has been a dud. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, but th- th- this defense clearly travels well. Once again, though, at the end of the day, we talk about how great they are. It's all coming down to what happens in three weekends. I mean, it, that's yep. it. It's everything. Um, yep. They win, they're in. <laughs> so yeah, that's basically it at this point. I, I can't. I, you know, I never have a good feeling against this team, against Ohio State, but you couldn't be higher now. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, let's move on. I don't want. I mean, let's, unless I miss anything with Michigan, there you want to talk about. Let's move on. Yeah, let's look at the rankings. I know we talked about a lot of them of where where they end up. We got Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan as your top four. Michigan moving in. uh, In place for LSU, Notre Dame moves up to third where they've been in the AP poll for the last two weeks. Georgia and and Oklahoma are your five and six with LSU, Washington State, West Virginia, and Ohio State rounding up the top ten. Matt, is this what you expected when you saw the results of last weekend? One through six made a ton of sense to me. I, I, I agreed with one through six big time. My biggest, my biggest gripe here is with West Virginia. I think they should have been seventh. I, I, I liked the respect LSU got, but I thought, I thought Washington State's close win against Cal looks worse. So to just keep them at eight didn't make a ton of sense to me, while West sure. Virginia went and beat a very good Texas team at Texas. Um, so I would have liked to see L, uh, West Virginia at seven and LSU at nine. Um, but the top 10 teams to me are correct. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I thought it was really strong, the top 10 teams. Um, and I agreed with Kentucky at 11, and I like not moving UCF. They're, they're waiting in the wings, but they did not impress me enough against Temple for me to go, oh, this team, they, they should move up into that top 10. I think they end the year in the top 10, by the way, just because of attrition. Um, totally think they, uh, the committee got this right, though. Um, happy with the rankings, makes sense. And once again, you could argue, you can argue Georgia over Michigan, and I'll hear you out on it, but it doesn't matter because doesn't Georgia matter until and Michigan, they play. right? They just control their, they just control their own destinies. Both teams went out, you went out, you're in the college football playoff, in my opinion. Both those teams, um, but yeah, when you go when after you get by twelve, it's just a mismatch of strange teams, right? Syracuse, NC State. Mississippi State, Boston College, Michigan State, Iowa State. Iowa still in the rankings after losing to Purdue. Fresno State making some noise, looking well-positioned, by the way, to possibly jump UCF if UCF falters against one of their tougher opponents to end the year. But, um, yeah, just and I'm glad Auburn and Washington sneak back in in the end, which I liked too. Yeah, I do as well. I mean, I think that's definitely something to help bolster – both the Pac-12 and eventually Alabama's, you know, resumes in terms of what how the Apple Cup and the Iron Bowl will go. Um, right. But good to see them jumping back in there. I mean, Washington's mm-hmm. been in the rankings for the last couple of weeks, so good on yeah. them of get, getting into in the AP, I should say. So good of them to get into the college football poll. Um, Let me ask yeah, you a question. I mean, Let me ask you a question. Yeah, we by the will- way. Biggest risers of this week in the in in the college football rankings. Two biggest risers going up six spots and seven spots. Syracuse and NC State. Mm-hmm. Boston College coming in third with a five spot rise to number seventeen. 
all everyone talks about is how weak the ACC is, which which makes sense because every other, I shouldn't say every other, the other, uh, the ACC doesn't have another top ten team. Big Ten, Big Twelve, SEC do. Is it that we are underrating the ACC, or do you think that they're overrating the ACC by moving Syracuse, NC State, and Boston College so high up in the rankings? I think it's a pricing in effect. Okay. Clemson has to play Syracuse. Notre Dame has to play Syracuse. Clemson's playing Boston College this week. I think it's something where if BC were to make a huge upset, they, instead of jumping 10 spots now, they would maybe jump five spots, depending on how the rest of the weekend goes. I think it's helping with that, just in case something like that were to happen. Because look at it this way. Syracuse moved up six spots this week from 19 to 13 in the college football uh, playoff poll. They moved up from 22 to 13 in the AP, which the APs had this trend of doing this the last couple of years where they decide that, all right, we're going to try to mimic what we now think, given the original college football playoff poll and, and so on and so forth, the most recent poll where we think these teams may jump. So they actually got the, they hit the nail right on the head where they put Syracuse in the rankings, putting them 13th. That said, and look, they moved UCF down two spots because they saw where they were in the rankings, just to help my argument. But that said, it's to help price in those wins or losses. I think it's the same thing with West Virginia being ninth and not in seventh. I think it's them showing, all right, the fact that you missed a game and that even if you beat Oklahoma twice, you still need some help. We might have to see, depending on, we have more upside is what they're basically saying on Washington State, LSU staying at seven. Like you said, it's it's a respect play, keeping them there. But to go back to your question about the ACC, I think it's a pricing in play. I think it's, you know, NC State certainly has had themselves a great year. And I think just like with West Virginia, it's a, we have this game against a top 10 team that you didn't end up playing. But you had a nice big win this past weekend. You lost a close game to the team ranked just ahead of you in Syracuse. Sure, you got shellacked by Clemson a few weeks back, but you've had yourself a pretty solid year. Let's give you credit where it's due because, you know, in a crazy world where Clemson does lose, NC State's waiting in the wings to, or they also have to have Syracuse lose, but they're waiting in the wings to try to get their way in there or as a second place team a team that could be an upper ACC bowl. So I think there's some pricing in there and some kind of credit where credit's due. Those teen spots are either, I don't, don't want to sound conspiracy theory, but they're either to help bolster a game, an upcoming game such as BC, BC Clemson, or to give the credit where it's due. Yeah, great, I mean, great point you make there. Just I thought it was interesting when I was looking at the rankings and seeing that 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 quick rise of the ACC after all those talks. But you know, moving in now to week eleven already, it's goes so fast. Um, not going to have the same huge star power games we saw last weekend. Still some juicy matchups. Don't get me wrong, but not the same ranked versus ranked uh, that we've been looking at. There's one, two, I think there's three ranked opponents, like ranked, like uh, maybe four. Four. Four games where ranked opponents are going head-to-head with each other. I would say 
I mean, what's your biggest game of week 11? I, I've got two I'm kind of stuck between, um, if you will. Yeah, biggest game? I mean, I can give you mine. I just didn't want to take all your thunder. No, I might go... I don't know. Uh, give me yours. I mean, then, so so I'm I, between the, a couple here. Yeah, the the one the ranked versus ranked is is I'm just interested to see Clemson going up to visit Boston College. Yeah, you know, what's the weather going to be like? Can Boston College do anything? Clemson's a 20 point favorite though. The but the game that to me is I just am really excited to watch. I always love Bedlam, it, Oklahoma, Oklahoma yes. State. Yes. Oklahoma's yes. a huge favorite here, but it's just it's just a fun game to watch for me. Um, and so that, that to me, like my big, like if I was going to tune into two games, I can catch those two, my 12 o'clock game. I might, if I could find Ohio state, Michigan state, I'd tune in there just to watch. To I see think that's Michigan a smoke and mirrors game. Yeah. Ohio State's only a three and a half point favorite. It, it, yeah. it, is, in, it is in East Lansing. Um, so it's on the road for them. By the way, it's a bigger game than maybe people are uh, paying attention to because, mm-hmm. Ohio State loses here. Michigan's locked in to the championship game. I mean, pretty much. Um, you know, they don't have... lose. Well, no, no, because if Michigan, if if, if Ohio State, well, right, if they don't lose against you're right because they're all, they're only losses in the Big Ten. You're absolutely right. right. So they, they're undefeated, right? Exactly. So I mean, it's a bigger game that people are giving it credit for. Um, I'd probably so if I was going to pick, like, you got your twelve o'clock game. You've got your three thirty game and your eight o'clock game. Those would be the three that I would probably probably tune into. Um, they also have big implications. Say again. Mine's also in the Big Ten, and it's a little bit little bit more out of left field. But it's Iowa hosting Northwestern, and it's really oh, it's just because game. we've been mentioning this with the Big Ten West and how will who will come out of that? Iowa's pretty much out of it, but Northwestern, if they lose here, you know, you do have some tiebreakers that come into play and everything where. You know how everything goes down, and and I believe there's some some games still on the table between the the teams up top, but it definitely comes out with you know some que- it'll give some questions as to really what happens with the ultimate winner of the Michigan Ohio State game, assuming those are the two, um, and if Ohio State loses somewhere, then Michigan. But you know who is who will be that final you know, that final taste in the committee's mouth that the Big Ten East winner will face. So yeah. I, I don't know. That's one definitely to watch out there. I mean, and by the way, maybe I want to throw just quickly, out Alabama, quickly, Mississippi, Mississippi State. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, I, maybe. I don't think so. This is a potential trap game for Alabama, though. They come off of such a high, and now they've got to go play Mississippi State. I was going to mention, you mentioned, like, taste in your mouth. You think back of Michigan's loss. You think of Oklahoma's loss. When they when they lost, they were they were done. They were cooked. They're out of it, and now they're they're four and five in the in the rankings. Just shows you an early season loss is so much different than a late season loss. Doesn't matter what you do or how you word it, it's always different. Um, it's at Alabama. Like to me, that's why I think Alabama Mississippi State's a blowout. If it was at Mississippi State, maybe Nick Fitzgerald keeps it close. I just think Alabama's on a, on a mission this year. Um, again, like they're on every year. Um, other interesting matchups, if you will. Fresno State plays Boise State Friday night, 10-15. Boise yeah, State's a really I, good football team. Fresno that's State, not a bad call. Yeah, that's on the blue turf. So if you can find, if you can stay up late enough to check in on that game, it could be an interesting uh, 
interesting matchup there, if you will. Um, Washington State goes to visit Colorado. They're a six-point favorite. That's tight. That's tight. So could be the upset there, um, you know, if, you, if you're thinking that way. And then Georgia-Auburn. Auburn's playing spoiler, um, but it's at Georgia, so I expect that to go that way. Um, and you could see a very high-scoring game. Texas, Texas Tech. <laughs> Texas Tech might be the best 5-4 team in the country with all their shootout losses uh, they've been part of. They're a fun team to watch. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the offense in the Big 12 is sexy, but is that really the best for football? Also, yeah. ESPN AccuWeather, know that the Carrier Dome is a closed container. It doesn't matter that it's going to rain in New York. I love that it shows that, dude, every yeah. time. And you, uh, you, and rightfully so, you point it out every time. Like, I do. It annoys the shit out of me for whatever reason. <laughs> it's like the annoying commercials that piss I'm, that piss me off so they piss Emily off that I get annoyed by them. Um, and if you never know that and you are, have the unfortunate pleasure of watching sports yeah. with me on either a Saturday or Sunday, which Matt has had plenty of those, uh, there are certain commercials that I just really dislike. And yeah. we're going to see a lot more of them now that Election Day has come and gone. And right. we're going to see the annoying commercials and not political ads. Yeah, uh, It was not meant to be a jab at either side of the aisle, no. but just a <laughs> statement of fact of annoying commercials. By the way, you should tune in this week to college football because – and I know we don't normally do this, but I got to let you know, week 12 might be the weakest slate of games. The only game that looks even remotely interesting is Syracuse Notre Dame. Let me go through some of the teams that are being played. This is a wild, wild week in college football. Oklahoma plays Kansas in week 12. Okay. But more importantly, it's that week that everyone forgets about where the SEC plays cupcakes. All their You've shit games. Alabama yeah. against the Citadel. You've Florida, got Idaho. Right, Kentucky, Middle Tennessee. Hey, it's but, okay. They threw in Mississippi State, Arkansas, so they have oh an in-conference God. game. Georgia, UMass, Auburn, Liberty, LSU, Rice. Are you? Like, and by the way, I actually respect the SEC's play here. It basically gives you a second bye week. Like, yeah, it's brilliant. But anyway, get your fix in this week on college football, Jordy. It's been wild, man. The chaos continues. And it's we been might great. See a I expect somebody's going to lose that we don't we don't see coming this this week. I would, you know what? And the one we didn't mention for next week is Syracuse Notre Dame as well. Matt, you cannot forget what next Saturday is for us, and it's a very small portion of the population. But it's Lehigh Lafayette, so. Well, it's really you know, the biggest. Uh, it's the biggest day of the week of the year for us, college football biggest, wise. It but, should be the biggest game, period. But people don't want to tune in to watch the longest played, best rivalry in college. Yes. Although this year, the most played longest streak. It is not the oldest. No, not the oldest, but most played longest streak. Um, yes. Not only that, but yeah, the problem. We'll this talk about that next week, though. We'll talk yeah, about that we'll, next week. Well, yeah, let's we'll, we'll we'll jump on here. I, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, but yeah, ahead. I mean, this weekend's gonna be a lot of fun. I actually I agree with you. I think there's some sort of there's something in the mix for week eleven that we don't know, and it's kind of a bummer because the. Normally, the Lehigh Loft, the Saturday before Thanksgiving week, hasn't been this shitty across the board in the past. Obviously, it is with the SEC. But in the past, we've had the that year Oregon lost to Stanford in one of the last BC. I think it was the year that, that Notre Dame ended up going. It looked like Oregon and Chip Kelly were going to cruise right on into it, and they lose. Um, yeah, I mean, normally, we, we get a number of, of upsets on that day, but we don't really get a lot of games there. But, yeah, I mean, week 11 is going to be great. I think 
going to be a good time to just sit down on your couch. Um, you know, it's finally feeling like fall. It's finally feeling like November. So sit down, have a case of beer next to you, and just get ready to roll. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. And, and you know what? Roll right into Sunday. I was going to say, rolling right in to Sunday. Before uh, we get to week 10, let's talk week nine, though, because week nine, Matt, Week nine lived up to expectations. I normally love the Eagles bye week or when they don't play on a Sunday because I just sit there and, and have fun. This out this completely outpaced those expectations of just sitting down watching football, not really giving a shit because it was so much fun to watch. It was a oh, great yeah. day of football. Absolutely. That's why I always like the bye week. You just kind of tune in, do what you please. Um, I mean, and and you're starting, well, you're starting to see. Barely, but you're starting to finally see glimpses of things begin to shake out, if you will. Clearly, we know the top couple teams in each conference at this point. We talk about in the AFC, the Patriots, the Steelers are back where they belong, the Chiefs and the Chargers. Um, Bum, the Ravens didn't win that game. I would like to see the Ravens stay up there for a little bit longer. They tumble, by the way. Um, so, so your big four, though, would be those. And I think the fifth team you might start to think about would be the Texans. Six straight wins after starting 0-3. Um, and in the A, in the NFC, you look, you look at the Panthers, the Saints, and the Rams. Those are your top teams. So, you know, you're starting to see the upper echelon, but you've still got a ton of battles, a ton of really tight division races, and not a lot of teams that you can truly stay stick a fork in them. Um, well, well, okay. There's one division that's been decided. That's that's the AFCs. The Patriots will win it. The rest of those teams are terrible, even though the Dolphins are five. NFC West too. Well, no, no, no. But the AFC West has two high quality teams, so we don't know who's going to no, win. NFC West. Oh, NFC West. Yeah, I guess you could. Tell. I mean, the Seahawks. I'm not sleeping on the Seahawks. I've been bullish on them all year. They are four and four. Um, they'll have their opportunity to take that's off. That's true. I, but but I I would agree. I guess I'll give you that. So there's two I, I think they that split it, though. I don't think they're winning twice. Well, no, they, they, I mean, maybe they travel well down to L.A. I mean, who no, knows? No, they, they're, they're at the Rams this week, it's, and they've already lost to the Rams once, thirty-three to thirty-one. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Here's the problem, though. If you're a Seahawks fan, let let me lay out the stretch for you: at the Rams, Packers, at the Panthers, next three weeks. Ooh. Then you play oh. the Vikings. And then you play the Chiefs later in the season. That is easily five losses, which puts you at oh, seven yeah, and right. nine. And that's, that's tough. So they're going to need to upset a couple teams here if they're going to have a shot at even a wild card berth yeah. in Ooh. the NFC. Which, by the way, is good for our Eagles. <laughs> I know they have a tough schedule, but um, you got you got you got to start thinning out who's who here. So I'm really glad the Redskins lost, by the way, because everybody's like. Are we really doing this? For a while, it was what the hell's going on with this team? They're five and one. Then they finally lose. Two, yeah. They get demolished by a Falcons team that looks like they're starting to figure out, potentially figure it out. Talk about four and four. I was going to say, that, look out for the Falcons. Yeah, yeah that, that yeah. are on their way up. Three wins. I, I think the Redskins. I mean, this is the beginning of a tail slide for them. And if I'm wrong, I will gladly be wrong. Uh, but I mean, three, sure, three you play starters, the box. By the way, three starters of theirs on IR after this past week. Yeah, they. They, Matt, last week had to have a defensive tackle play offensive line. Yep, that's because not good. of how bad their offensive line is banged up. Yep, yep, yep. I'm not so even saying that as an Eagles fan. Like they are in serious trouble with where they're at in terms of injuries. Yeah, that's kind of what we expected. Um, and, and so it, it basically means for the birds, 
you win, you take care of your business this week, you're starting to look really strong as a, a high-end, like number three seed almost, if you will. But yeah. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. We were still talking about this past week. Um, some absolute heavyweight bouts. The one that I think, and, and Stephen A. Smith went on and talked about this, is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers lose again. They're three and four and one. Not a great look for this team at all in a packed division they're one loss away if they were if they didn't have their tie they'd be last place in the nfc north want well, to know what's crazy too they are 3-0-1 at lambeau field and 0-4 away from home and let's look at their away games for the rest of the schedule they have four of them they're at the seahawks as you mentioned tough game they're in minnesota on sunday Ouch. night football Ouch. Ouch, indeed. Granted, that in Seattle's Thursday night football, so... Wacky things yeah. happen. I'm with you. Wacky things happen there. Then in December, they're in Chicago, which, if Khalil Mack's back and healthy, the Bears are rolling, who knows what happens there? Then they're at the Jets, so mark that down as probably a win. You know, I mean, looks like yeah. the, we'll get to the Jets and the wackiness around them, and looks like they're starting to punt on the season. But... It's a high possibility, Matt, that they're two and six on the road, and that's the difference between them making the playoffs and missing them. No, absolutely, and I couldn't agree with that more. Um, and it's with the Falcons too at home. Yeah, I mean, I think this just shows. I'm gonna be honest. I think this just shows a organization. Jaron Rodgers, and once again, his contract to me is a huge deal because it's sucking up so much cap space. But there just is not an organization that's particularly great. I don't think. I think they get mm. more credit than they should because they're the Packers. Um, they're just not a great organization. They, they don't – they just don't get players like you think they do. Um, they hang on to guys for too long. They they move guys. Like the Ha'a Clinton-Dix trade is still weird to me. Um, it is a weird trade. Right. Uh, so – and they and, and, and they lean on Rodgers. I, you tell me today if Brady and Rodgers both didn't play another game this year. Which team would have more wins? You'd say the Patriots. The Top Patriots. to bottom, that roster is better. By the way, I like some of the pieces on that Green Bay defense. Some of their defensive backs I think are really good. But offensively, what are they without Rodgers? Devontae yeah. Adams is good. Uh, he's he's a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Other than Adams on offense, what have they got going on for their guy? Randall Cobb looks old and washed up, which is a shame. He's one of my favorite players. Geronimo mm -hmm. um, Allison to IR. Jimmy Graham is still the shell of his former self. They can't just commit to Aaron Jones at running back because no, he has zero. True. Well, he has zero ability to block. Like I was watching that game, he just whiffs on blocking assignments, which is something you can't do with Aaron Rodgers and a gimpy knee. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I I think that organization's headed in the wrong direction, and the rest of the division, in particular, the two teams above them, the Vikings and the Bears, look look really good and complete. Um, that's a really so, good point. Think about this too. So when the Packers had Brett Favre in the so they they lose in the conference championship game in 1996, the 95 season to the Cowboys who had won the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl the next year. They lose in the Super Bowl the next year to John Elway. Then they make the playoffs but lose. Then they go eight and eight, nine and seven. They start to become good again in the early 2000s. Twelve and four, twelve and four, ten and six, ten and six. Uh, three straight wins of their division. 
But then in those middle years, 2005, they're four and 12, 2006, they're eight and eight, 2007, when they weren't supposed to be good. Remember, that's the game that they beat the Eagles on that muffed punt in the start of the 2007 season. They go 13 and three and lost to the Giants and the other Giants defeat the 18 and one Patriots. But I mean, this is the, you're absolutely right. This is the problem that that organization runs into is that they, they pay their, their guy, their franchise guy, but, and you know, they obviously got Aaron Rodgers back in there and, and certainly had it. And then they had other guys that had, you know, great seasons throughout, but, um, you know, and even in, in some of the Aaron Rodgers there, remember there was the year Aaron Rodgers was hurt and without him, they barely got into the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. It's it's one of those things where you build so much and and around this guy and and it's tough to to really build yourself out 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 from there. I mean, think about it this way, Matt. That 13 2013 season where Aaron Rodgers was hurt and they had to go march down the field against the Bears to win the a- NFC North. That was when Eddie Lacy was the offensive rookie of the year. And then Eddie wow. Lacy very quickly fell off. Yeah, I, yeah. I used to love him too, which is a shame. Yeah, he very quickly fell off from there. So, I mean, you know, they either have to to hit home runs in the draft, which has been the Packers' big mantra through basically their entire, you know, organization's history. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I think the, the Jordy Nelson factor certainly has been uh, a big part of it. Yeah, no, I agree. And, um, well, I mean, I, I – yeah, they're not out though. It's Aaron sure. Rodgers still. They're certainly not out of this at all. It's still a winnable conference because, quite frankly, the Vikings are still a – I'm a little enigma on the Vikings because they've got so much talent, yet they're only 5-3 and three and 1. Um, and the Bears I'm not a believer in because I don't believe in Mitch. Um, yeah, no, it's an interesting storyline there. I, I want to jump to the AFC and okay. discuss a little bit about the AFC South. The Titans come away with what is really a must-win against the Cowboys to try to keep pace with this this Houston Texans team, which is just is just literally on fire. Um, they look so good right now. The Houston yeah. Texans do probably not looking to be going into a bye right now, but they come out of the bye, have a very important game for us at the Redskins, then they have the Titans, but they play the Browns, the Colts. They're at the Jets, so this is a team that. Really, if you look at their schedule, it's the Titans and at the Eagles are the next. They're, they're two hardest games. This is a team that could uh, honestly be eleven and five, maybe even twelve and four to end the year. If they're twelve and four, they might end up squeaking in for a buy. That's how because of you know you just that's, think of you know that's right? not a bad hot take. Right, because you like if you assume the Chiefs are going to make it, I got you. I'll give that to you. The Patriots are two losses. So they might not end up being twelve and four. I, I just this Texas team, no one's talking about them, and yet their their defense is back. JJ Watt is once again back and being a superstar, and that offense has been really good and getting better every game as Deshaun gets more comfortable coming off the knee injury. Yeah. Oh no, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, the one thing that might throw, I want to say, might throw a, a wrench in that plan is just a Jacksonville team in week 17 that might want to yep. play spoiler. Mm-hmm. Cause it looks well, like, I mean, the, the Jags are, are basically done at this point after losing yeah, but four straight. But yeah, but they're only two games behind. Exactly. It's a damn, it's a weird situation that we're in right now. 
and, and not only that, and the Titans are right there. And quite, you know what? I, 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 I was, I, I was a little, I did this too, so I got to bring it up. I was a little disrespectful to the Tennessee Titans when we played them. We weren't upset by the Titans. The Eagles were beaten by the Titans. That's oh, a really oh, good sure. football team. Vrabel hasn't missed a beat. They're a great defensive team, in my opinion. Um, they're they're underrated across the board. They're a team you don't want to play in the playoffs because of their ability to run the ball with with Deion Lewis and, and Derrick Henry. I, I like the trajectory of that team to me is still going in the right direction. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I mean, and look, look at the rest of the teams that they're floating around near. The Dolphins, who they're I really am not am not optimistic on them. The Chargers, who will probably be the the five seed is the first wild card. Uh, but who knows? I mean, they could they could come into, you know, the Chiefs start to show glimpses of, of rookiness. It could be something there. The Bengals is probably the biggest one that they have to contend with. Maybe the Ravens. Um, but the Ravens really look like they're in a nose, nose dive now. So, I mean, who knows with the Titans? I mean, they're playing the Patriots. Is it this weekend or next weekend? Which, weekends, you know, two weekends. No, no, maybe it is this weekend. Hold on. Maybe it is this weekend. Yeah, I know that's coming up soon. Um but that's yeah. I mean, it, they're yeah, in a position weekend, where they right. could. It is this weekend, okay. So presumably they move to four and five. I mean, it is at home, but I, I don't think Tom Brady is going to fall for Nash Vegas like the Eagles did. <laughs> no, that team will so, rolling. Yeah, I mean the Patriots. It's they're they're in a good spot right now. Another year where someone said the Patriots were done, and Tom Brady said, "Hold my, hold my, yeah, juice cleanse." Yeah, do you, remember, do you remember when they? Uh, do you remember when they lost to the, uh, to the to the Lions? Because no one else does either. Um, and by the way, we just talked about this team. How about the other team in that division? The the Colts are three and five. Yeah, and they're not a put away team anymore. No, certainly and, not. And this is a last place schedule team. What I mean by that is that the rest of the way for the Colts. They don't have that elite team on their schedule out other than they play Houston. They they legitimately are going to be within – they are going to be – every game they play, it's going to be close. They play the Dolphins. They play the Cowboys. They play the Giants. So – I wouldn't see them, aside from the at-Houston game on December 9th, to be more than three-point dogs in any of, the games in any of those right. games, if yeah, not a favorite. So, yeah. I don't think they're going to do it, but – I just thought it, you know, it, it could happen. It could happen. So, um, it's like my cool fantasy game. hopes. I'm three and six right now. Yeah, Not that anybody yeah, well, cares. Big game this weekend. Oh, yeah. And the, yeah, the so biggest good. and the no one gives a shit fantasy matchup of the year 2018, you versus me, duel in the dome. Well, again, nobody gives a shit. So many. Anyway, so moving into, well, first of all, I, you know, a couple. I guess you could call it storylines to watch. Des Bryant signs with the Saints. Yes. Yes, indeed. Because you know what? They play the Cowboys in, what is it, week 13? Mm-hmm. I mean, that New Orleans Saints team that has looked absolutely fantastic. And, I mean, add Des to an already explosive receiving core that includes their running back and Alvin Kamara, but Michael Thomas, the Mr. Cell phone with Dez, who I wouldn't be surprised if I saw him pour popcorn on himself just to be like T.O. at this point when he plays against the Cowboys. I mean, it's going to be insane. 
this team now, remember when they lost to the fucking Buccaneers week one and we were all like, what the hell is up with this team? And then they almost lost to the Browns. Like that, we are way beyond that now with the New Orleans right. Saints. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I I don't, I think it's a win-win for New Orleans. Doesn't matter what Dez does. If he's good, bad, they can get rid of him. They've got a strong locker room there because of Drew. Um, they do need help. They really only are. They're really a one-wide receiver team for the most part. Um, so it's 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 a risk. It's a it's a no to me. It's a no risk. They just cut him if they don't like him. I think it's a great idea. Great idea. Um, other storyline to follow: Sam Darnold. He's quote unquote out with a foot strain. I'm telling yeah. you right now, they are benching him. But their bye week is next week. They're not going to play him. And they're, they're basically like just sitting him down for a little bit and letting Josh McCown dive in. So the biggest toilet bowl game probably that we'll get this year. Because the Bills with Nathan Peterman oh, God. are trash. The Point. Jets have been yeah. in the last couple of weeks, even at home. I mean... Matt, the Jets are six and a half point favorites right now. That's how bad this game is looking to be. Stay away from it betting wise, but holy shit, is it just an absolute game? Yeah, could not. This is going to be forever to give everybody context. This is going to be the game on red zone because look at the rest of the one o'clock slate. You have Redskins, Bucks, which probably be high scoring. Chiefs is going to be high scoring. Uh, Jags, Colts might be in the same scenario. Patriots, Titans. Falcons of the Browns, Saints of the Bengals, Bears, Lions. You know, this is going to be this Jets-Bills game, a game on red zone that only appears like once, and it's going to be like a 7 nothing game. Right, right, right. I definitely yeah. see that, absolutely. And the Bills have a very good – I think the Bills have a really good defense too. So whether – Both teams have, actually have scarily good defenses that yeah. make this game <clears> – <throat> It's going to be a rough one, dude. I should not agree with you more on that. What other storylines should we look into for week for week 10 in the NFL, Matt? Well, we're, we're at the half, like, you know, we're pretty much at the halfway point here. MVP race is loaded. Mahomes and Gurley are your 1A, 1B. Uh, Drew Brees has inserted himself right in there. You can't forget Cam Newton. Um, Tom Brady's is still sniffing around it all. I don't think his statistics are going to be good enough this year. Um, you know, Philip Rivers needs to be in that conversation. I know that running game is pretty good, but man, his Chargers, they've looked like the, you could argue they've looked like the second best team behind Kansas City um, in the game. They're really good too. So MVP race is starting to bring itself out a little bit. Um, and, and more importantly, we're starting to see the teams we we thought, for the most part, rise to the top. We talked earlier about the Eagles. Um, they seem to be returning. Big game this weekend, but seem to be returning to prominence in the a in the NFC. The Steelers have finally at least gotten back to the top of the AFC North standing. So teams that we expected to be there, mostly because of their quarterbacks, are back where they belong at the top of a lot of these divisions or close to it, if you will. Um, so that yeah, shaping itself up absolutely. Yeah, I definitely think this is where you know, this third quarter of the season, the NFL is where we really start to see the 
separation of the you know the haves and the have-nots the who's really who's for real who's not um you know like you said there's teams like the lions who are two, only two games out in the nfc north like the colts who are only two and a half out in the afc south uh, so teams that are hanging out out there that could make some noise put themselves into a position to to strike in december and you know I, it's it's definitely a month that with how much of college football and how much that's heating up um, the NFL, not that it goes by the wayside because it is certainly the king of all sports leagues in North America, but it's definitely a month where you, you know, you really pay attention to mainly on Sunday uh, and really checking your fantasy team. Um, So, I mean, don't keep, don't keep your eye off the ball in terms of this, both as a fan for your team, but also, in these storylines, because we're having so many different things popping up, um, you know, whether it's the craziness of players now reporting and signing other teams, will Le'Veon Bell show up? Right. Uh, it looks like he may not even at this point um, to get hit to get his tenure, which is kind of absurd. But you know, it's the same thing too. That mid-October Heisman race in those MVP talks. This is where we really start to see some separation there. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. I think uh, this week is going to be a blast to keep an eye out on both in college uh, and the NFL. Definitely, definitely agree there. Um, yeah. And, and you know what? It's, 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 it's been really fun too. still. Like, it's just, it's just like all these games are just so competitive in the NFL. I, I think it's just, it's just, it's just been awesome in that regard. Um, yeah. I'm ready to see We're, you know, teams are still going to just continue and continue to, separate themselves if you will from from each other and that's what we're looking at now and we're starting to see that i don't think it's a separation sunday yet in the nfl we still got a couple weeks away for that to happen because they've got more games but we're starting to get close to teams really being in position to look like the what's what i'm looking for um the featured teams but you know what all it takes is an injury or two for things to change in the nfl right I mean, you think about like one or two quarterbacks. You know, something happens here or there, and it's, we're having a whole totally different discussion. So, what you see now is not what you're going to see in in three to four weeks. I don't think at all. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Matt, I think that's going to do it for this week. Um, yes. Keep an eye out, everybody, for Matt's blog on week eleven or week ten with the picks and my fun tailgate blog for college with my picks. Um, Matt, anything else you got in the sports world that you want to talk about? I know we mentioned college basketball a little bit. Anything else that you're, you got in the pipeline? I mean, I'm all footballed up, you know, to be all honest, I'm all footballed up, but um, I, I mean, I know I'm, I'm really locked into football. I'm still working on the NBA and, and the hockey. It's just, you know, you, it's so early in these seasons um, that I just I monitor, I watch, but I don't dive in yet. I'm I'm reading all about them, but certainly coming weeks though, I'll start to kind of slide deeper into those two sports. Um, in particular, because in college football and the NFL, it's, like I said, teams start to fall by the wayside. So now you know you're only focusing on a few teams here, a few teams there. Um, excited though, in particular for our Sixers to get it going whenever they're ready. Yes. Not looking for their first road win tonight. I mentioned they're in Indianapolis. I'm glad you mentioned hockey. 
uh, this weekend during the Thunder Cup. It was a good time for Greg and I to have a little uh, uh, business meeting of what we're going to decide to do of the other podcasts that we normally drop on the Fun V Tailgate feed. Uh, we're probably going to do something in the realm of hockey. We're working on setting that up now. So keep an eye out for that on the feed. Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe. Yes, Figure out it. what we're going to do with basketball. I don't know if that's – we might call on Matt. We might call on Third and Girl to help us out because Greg doesn't pay as much attention to the NBA, so maybe that's something that we wait until after the NFL and just kind of have it as all basketball, you and me, Matty D and I, myself, the listeners. Uh, yeah, so – but keep an eye out. Just make sure you subscribe. That's really the big, the biggest thing you got to do. The bullpen cart on iTunes, thunderblogsports.com. Matt DiStefano21 on Twitter, Jordo9 for me on Twitter and Instagram. But Matt, let's go birds, baby. Yes, let's go birds. Hey, hate those cowboys. Love cowboy week. Hate those cowboys. Go pick up a Dallas sucks beer and yes. shotgun it. Yes, yes, yes. That's going to do it for us this week. Fuck the Cowboys. Fly, Eagles, fly. (laughs) Let's go. Thanks for listening.